Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. Well, welcome back to the Art of Podcast. I'm Leah Fisher. I'm your host. And, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to start a podcast was because I really wanted to start connecting with people who really valued and really lived the life of creativity. And my guest today absolutely met every expectation of that. She is one of the most successful self-made business people in the world. It's Susie Batiste, and she is the founder of Poopery and Supernatural. And of course, she is so accomplished and, you know, financially and and, you know, business-wise and, and what we always consider to be success. But what really struck me in our conversation is that she said that her biggest accomplishment, in her opinion, was that she was a creative in every area of her life. And she really brought home the fact that her business success and all of her accomplishments were really due to her creativity. So I think that's just right in line with the Art of Podcast. And I know that you're really going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And so without further ado, here is Susie Batiste. Well, hi, Susie. Welcome to the Art of Podcast. Hi, Leah. <laughs> I am so excited to see, be here and talk with you. And for my audience, I, you know, we have only met one time at a podcast launch party. And this is the first time we've really gotten to sit down and get to know one another. So this is going to be great. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already, I was so impressed with your art. I remember that podcast launch. I'm like, oh, my God, this art. Oh, thank you. Do you notice you. I have a big space above the fireplace that needs a big piece? Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I love this. I love this. Well, your house is absolutely incredible. Thank you. I mean, you know, I know that we... You can't really see what's happening here, but you've converted a, a church into a home, and it's really just a, a sanctuary, I would say. Mm, thank you. It's the, that's the name of it, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I call it the Temple of Transformation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get into all that, but um, introduce yourself and tell me your your background, where you came from, how you ended up in this space now. Yeah. Well, my name is Susie Batiz. Um, it's funny when I type, I always put Susie B. So mm. I'm Susie B. Okay. My maiden name was Barker. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Arkansas and uh, ended up in Dallas probably 22 years ago. Um, I have three children. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. Okay. They're 34, 33, and 28 years old. Wow. I know. I started when I was a baby. Um, which is amazing. I love them. They're the greatest joy of my life. And about 15 years ago, I started a company called Poopery that mm -hmm. some people know about. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I you'd be hard pressed if anybody didn't know Poopery. When when they don't, I'm like, hold on, I need your demographics. Like, yeah. where do you live? <laughs> Somehow we haven't found you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I have another company, Supernatural, and I teach a course called Alive OS. Okay. But basically, my whole life, oh, I get a little weepy saying this because I don't really, no one, I've never said this before, but my whole journey has been about transformation. Mm-hmm. It's about transforming from poverty to what we consider, you know, success, from being really unhealed and a really uh, train wreck (laughs) 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 to being somewhat together, you know. Um, And it's really, my whole life has been about that transformational process. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny when you think about poopery, it's I, can we cuss on here? Uh, Fuck yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, I don't know what rating this is. But you know, like I turn shit into something that smells good. So you even look at the products, you know, that um, I've achieved uh, success with, and it's a transformational product as well that Mm. we don't think about a lot, you Mm. know? Yeah. But that's been my entire journey, my entire life. I call myself... Um, I love to evolution, um, evolutionary, uh, I said the other day, transformist. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a word. Transformist. But <laughs> yeah, you could coin that for I sure. I could make it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Evolution. Because I do believe when we transform, we're always evolving. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, anyway, do I you, could go do on a rant a, about that. Do you have that. a lot of Scorpio in your chart? My moon's in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Is that about transforming? Oh, Scorpio is all about uh, the breakdown to build up, and your superpower is in the healing and bringing it to Really? Oh, yeah. Are you Scorpio? Uh, rising. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <clears throat> okay, we're opposite. I'm Scorpio moon, you're Scorpio rising. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the most intense signs, right? And so to have your moon in Scorpio, you're going to be, your emotions are always going to be, you know, just destruction and rebirth and destruction that's and rebirth. It. That's my entire life. Yeah. Any Aquarius? Um, no, I'm okay. sad rising. Okay. And my sign is cancer, my sun sign. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. is that what's also confuses people because the sad is the happy bubbly and then all of a sudden I've got that deep moody and they're like, what happened? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's because the Scorpio. The, yeah. So the sad can be a little bit tricky because they're like, oh, she's this light person. And it's yeah. like, no, actually, there's a lot of like moodiness and depth in here yeah well it's such a beautiful combination because you've got this ambition and this drive and this magnetism and then you have the depth that actually makes your magnetism attractive to the world ah thank you yeah yeah well that's good and so when you say and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but when you say you were a train wreck like what does that look like I think it's important for us to know because when people listen to it, they're like, oh, you know, I had that too, or I was a train wreck too. And so what what, what would you tell us about that? You know, it's interesting just tuning into that word. I feel like emotions coming up, you know. Um, You know, my life in a nutshell, I'll just tell you, you know, I was born in Arkansas. My dad was a bipolar alcoholic. Mm -hmm. My mom was addicted to pain pills. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with addicts, similar to you, um, that I read about you. And, um... They got divorced when I was 10, and I was excited. You know, what 10-year-olds <laughs> excited? Their parents are getting divorced. <laughs> Thank God, That finally. tells you the situation. I thought it's over, right, this, yeah. this nightmare, because they were very abusive with each other. And um, I was molested by my stepdad at 12. I was raped by the high school quarterback at 16. <sighs> Lost my best friend at 18. I was married, divorced, and bankrupt by the time I was 20 years old. Mm. By I the time you were 20? 20. Married, bankrupt, wow. and divorced. <laughs> So we're starting to see the train wreck, okay? Yeah. I uh, tried to kill myself when I was 21. Obviously didn't succeed at that. And um, I was pregnant in an abusive marriage at 23 years old, 22 years old. I had my first son at 23. I escaped abusive marriage when I was 27. Mm. 
um, with two kids in tow. Had to move to a different state, sleeping with the enemy kind of thing. And then I had my daughter when I was 30 and went through uh, postpartum depression. I was on pain pills for seven years and had my second bankruptcy when I was 38 years old. My goodness. And I just thought my life was done. Like I was, I was so exhausted, done mm-hmm. with, with being the train wreck, right? So there's a, a part of being a train wreck. It's like you are a train wreck because of the results of what happened to you, mm-hmm. right? That's one thing. That's what we call trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also another thing where we can actually actually heal that and start shifting and taking responsibility for our life. Right. So before, prior to 38 years old, I always tell people I felt like I was on a double black diamond ski um, run mm-hmm. and I lost a ski and I just was wow spinning you know what wow. I'm saying just rolling downhill I thought life was against me mm-hmm. I can't get up I can't you know I kept trying and trying and trying and a lot of people have asked me about resilience the resilience was the desperation to get myself out of of being me mm-hmm. really honestly yeah it's like I will do anything I will drink I will drug I you know smoked lots of weed you know, drank. Um, by the time I was after the bankruptcy, I was drinking a double bottle of yellowtail Chardonnay. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that made you feel amazing in the morning. (laughs) Oh God, it's awful. I went to Byron Katie for 10 days. She's she's incredible. Yeah. But I walked out of there. I didn't even know that I had a drinking problem. Right. Or, you know, I still don't think I have a drinking problem. My problem was my mind, yeah. but I was drinking to compensate for well, that. To medicate. I, mean, to I was medicate. 100% medicating. Yeah. And I walked out of there and didn't touch any substance for 10 years just because the things in my mind started getting straightened out. Mm-hmm. And that started, that was 18 years ago, and that started my healing journey. Mm-hmm. And I have literally been in therapy every single week this last uh, nine months has been the first time I haven't done it weekly mm. in 18 years. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What kind of therapy were you doing? Did she, was she like, did it have a certain slant or? Yep. I've always done somatic therapy, yeah. body centered therapy. Yeah. And the past six years, I've done a lot of EMDR yeah. and hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually the Amen Clinic, I had my brain scanned like eight years ago and they tell me those are the three things that change the brain. The cognitive behavioral therapy does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I completely agree. I mean, there's a, I think there's a certain value in having someone listen to you and hold space for you. But really to rewire that deep seated trauma yeah. is you have to go in and, and do some subconscious. And work. that's it. I didn't have time for you to listen to me. It's like we got some shit to fix. Yeah. And sometimes it even reinforces the, the 100%. trauma, you know, and that's it. Yeah. I wanted to just like we got and, you know, like we were talking a little bit earlier, I've done way over 150 I don't know how many like um ayahuasca and mushroom and ketamine journeys Mm -hmm. just to heal Mm -hmm. so I've I've started doing that I think we started going down the jungles of Peru like 14 years ago Mm -hmm. um I was doing anything just desperate to heal I had to change my life that was that was my thing so people know me as business yeah and I'm like oh dude that's like my part-time job (laughs) (laughs) right my full-time job has been healing yes yes that's that's totally my experience as well yeah I love that I think that a lot of people will relate because I think people kind of say oh my family was so jacked up and there's a lot of shame and disconnectedness and you feel so alone so thank you so much for for saying that and sharing that because I think it's going to be so healing for people yeah and so 
tell me this, what did that gift you in your current day life? Well, again, I get so emotional talking about these things. I'm very tender right now because I've been, I've been going through my own another level of transformation, mm-hmm. right? Of even looking at my life the past 15 years, even the the, the desperation to heal and all of that has mm-hmm. been coming to me in a more like I've been so almost aggressive about it, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a softness has been emerging in me, probably my old age too. But um, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> what has happened is. I look, my grandson was over last night, and oh. he's nine months old. Oh. His name's Cosmo. <laughs> and so cute. Cosmo River. He's adorable. Oh. I can show you a picture. He's a little hippie baby. Like, totally. And when I, I was crying with my daughter last night, um, she was talking about how happy he is. And that my son and daughter-in-law spend 24 hours a day with him. And that's all I wanted is for to transform that generational trauma. And when I see my grandson, and I see what an amazing father Mm. that my son has become because of his own healing journey, he had to heal from me as well. He was a part of that train wreck, right, when I was young. Um, But I also communicated that a lot with my children. I've paid for their therapy since they were, you know, really young. A friend of mine, when I was in Al-Anon in recovery, she said her amends to her kids was that she'd just pay for the therapy for the rest of their life. That's what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. It's like that's the best I can do other than keep apologizing and making amends and whatever. But unfortunately, it's theirs now. Yeah. But when I see him, I know It really gets me right. Yeah. I know that it's like the, the physical manifestation of all that work. Mm-hmm. So you could think, oh, the success is the great life that I lead and I'm happy. But it was really seeing him mm. and, and watching him and watching how my son is with him. That my son went through his own addiction issues. And yeah. I mean, he really, my children had to heal from me. Yeah. Um, that's the truth. But when I see how much they have, and that, that the future generations, that's it. Yeah. I, I, you, <laughs> it's I, worth the entire journey, right? Yeah, yeah. I can just feel your tears of gratitude. Yes, and, that's and, what it is. It's and, gratitude. Yeah. It yeah. gets me to my knees, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, we, we really try to avoid and try to say that uh, the stuff that happens to us that doesn't feel good is negative. But no. the transformation and the healing process... Oh. It's really the marrow of life. It's really moving up if you choose to do so. It's going to bring you the joy and the yes. connection that you're that you're wanting and craving as a human. That's it. It's alchemy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and like coming from a background like we did, it's easy to be resentful and say, you know, I wish I would have had something different. However, there's a level of insight and joy that I don't think can be accessed unless you've actually touch the other side of that that's it and there's a lot of gratitude in that for me oh me too you can see it it's like it just it overwhelms me yeah at at times you know it's um and it's what it's all been for you know and I don't you know that when you're on this transformational process it can take a long time and you don't necessarily immediately see even other people (laughs) even other people don't see like you know you've changed and you know but 
sometimes you get those very direct examples and it's like, oh, okay, now I know Mm -hmm. that I have shifted something Mm -hmm. inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, I was talking to my daughter last night, I don't even know if I like the word trauma anymore. Mm -hmm. I believe I was explaining to her, it's almost like these aspects of ourself want to be seen. You know, it's, it's like these, we can call them unhealed, we can call it trauma, but it's really just these sweet little vulnerable spaces in us that are saying, hey, what about me too, right? Let's, mm-hmm. I want attention too. And when you go in and do the healing work, whatever, what you're actually doing is just focusing and being with mm-hmm. that child part of yourself or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're loving on that right yeah and that gets that gets me out of the victim perpetrator that whole triangle Mm -hmm. it's like am i a victim um i'm writing uh my book as well which people don't don't email me because i (laughs) it could be another five years (laughs) Um, i'm taking such a it's 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 a such an internal journey that i have no timeline here but what I'm noticing is there's so much compassion mm. for everyone and the whole thing. Because what I know is I know I would never intentionally hurt people. I know I hurt my children. And I would never intentionally do that. Yeah. Only the train wreck does that because of what was done to hurt, right? right? So we can forgive that within ourselves. But then sometimes people are still in the victim thing of like, well, my mom did that or my dad did that. And it's like what I realized were my ex-husband or whatever. And it's like, they could only do that if they too. And it's not a spiritual bypass. This is a true realization, right, you know? Right, Yeah. Yeah. And the compassion piece, I think, is is really important for that little girl and that, or that angry teenager. Because I think when we go through things that are painful and, and are victimized at some point when we're kids, like in, in a sense that it really shouldn't happen. Yeah. I think that as children do, we always internalize it and say, there's something wrong with me. Completely. I'm broken. And the work of going in and unconditionally loving that inner child and having compassion for them and telling them they're not broken is really the key to everything. That's it. Right? Because then you stop blaming the, the victimizers. That's or, it. You know, and, and you can be grateful for it because so much of the blessings that we have in our life are a direct result of having to work through that and learn that unconditional love for ourselves. Completely. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's also, I think you can focus on things that really matter. You know, I often say that, um, let's just say trauma or something that happens, it's like right now we're having a, a wonderful conversation, but if I were to stab you in the leg, <laughs> you would I'm so grateful. This yeah, so yeah, this is amazing. You're so awesome. Let's continue that you'd be like, fuck, right? I'm in pain. Yeah. And you scream out from your actions, from the things you ingest, from the way you react to people. I mean, your focus is on that pain because you hurt so much. Yeah. So what I look at with these modalities of healing, it's going in and it's just reducing the pain so that what because really you know these incidents happen and they're not a hundred percent of your life Mm -hmm. you know um but they occupy a hundred percent of your time my mentor gay hendrick said there's no difference in one percent and 99 percent because when you completely yeah when you completely focus on the one percent think about like a lens of a camera Mm -hmm. when you zoom in it becomes a hundred percent do you see? Oh, my god! Isn't that rad? Whoa. So that's what it is to me, to the pain and the trauma. I think right. I think we've been, the past, and I have been, so focused on trauma mm-hmm. versus 
you know, it's like, let me go in and, and, and fix my focus. Because yes. my focus here is on the bad stuff or, yes. you know, versus, and I can't, again, this is not to, I can't stand people that are just Pollyanna, you know. No. It's great. Nothing happened. Nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing happened. You're like, no, you're in a pile of shit. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's wonderful. It's fertilizer. And you're yeah. like, no. Yeah, no, it's fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, you're neck deep in shit, dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can't stand that either. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is really reducing that pain so that I can truly see the blessings that are there. And mm-hmm. then gratitude mm-hmm. comes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you heard that parable about the two wolves? No. So there's a grandmother talking to her grandson and she says there are two wolves and one of them is evil and one of them is good and so the grandson says well which one survives and she said the one you feed that's it yeah yeah I have heard that and I love it but what I love about that so I used to try to with my mind only feed the positive right yeah but the negative was screaming so loud all the time. Yes. It was the background. That yes. It was the undercurrent yeah. that I tried like, to like, push like down. You couldn't like, get it out of the way. No, I couldn't get it out of the way, right? So I am constantly like uh, trying to override that. So that's what going in there and really facing, mm-hmm. facing yes. that part of ourselves. Yes. And loving it. And loving and, and it. just going, I see you. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like uh, when that happens for me, I like, you know, I'll, I'll be going along and I'll be doing all the positive things and, and feeding myself. And then, and when it pops up, I'm, I'm like, oh, there you are. I, I love you. You know, oh, yes. you're, you're trying to protect me. You're trying to warn me against something so we don't feel the same pain. And totally. I'm sorry that happened to you, but, you know, we're safe right now. Yeah. And then, like, gently say hi. And then, okay, I'm going to go back over here now, you know? Yeah. 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 It's like you're welcome to. Yeah. 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 Well, so we like to talk about creativity yes. on this show. And you are the embodiment of creativity. I mean, reinventing your life. You invented a product. How many people invent products anymore? You know? <laughs> Me every day. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my I've gosh. got like five side projects always going on. That's why I asked you if you're a They don't all come to life, but yeah. I have a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So creating a Doesn't pro- stop. Creating yeah. a process, creating a business, your sewing and designing clothes now mm-hmm. uh i read that you were a painter at one point mm-hmm. tell me about how creativity has showed up in your life and what that looks like yeah well i don't want to say i'm a painter sitting in front of like an incredible painter oh, but i oh. <laughs> i have oh i did faux finishing okay. oh okay yeah yeah so and i played with paint so okay. let's get that straight um you're a real painter um we're all, anybody who picks up a brush and like is an experience as a painter. Do you notice that always those really good people always say that? <laughs> <laughs> the experts always say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The masters. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. It's easy. You're like, uh-huh. Well, well we're, we're so humbled because we know how hard it is and how hard it is to accept your accept your your artist in yourself yeah. and, and how hard it is to say it. So I think anyone who tries has the courage and can say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, So I have been creative my entire life. Like, it has been – I did it when I was young. I was really glad that I grew up poor because um, I had to make everything. Mm. So I learned to sew when I was 10. Mm. I learned to sew little, like Barbie clothes, younger. But I learned to sew in a sewing machine when I was 10. 
Um, I got my first job when I was 15 because I wanted to buy clothes. Yeah. I, was like, I didn't want <laughs> homemade too. clothes anymore. You did that too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was creative out of necessity, right? It's like I, if I wanted something, I made it. Mm. The wonderful gift of that now is I don't think about, I think about those things. Like inventing stuff, it's like, oh, I can make that, right? So that was sort of. Um, such a gift. It was such a gift such a out gift. of out of what we consider, you know, difficult circumstances. Yeah. Um, but I've been creative my whole life. What I wasn't my entire life is sure of my creativity. For example, when I was 17, um, back, this is 1981, and um, 80, it was 1980, and um, uh, people wore guest jeans with pumps. So back in the day, if you had on a pink sweater, you wore pink pumps. Yeah. You had a red sweater, red. And I only had pink or red pumps. So I didn't have any other colors. So I was very limited to what I could wear. And I was, oh, I've always been into fashion. So my uh, boyfriend's aunt worked at a shoe factory. And I said, if these pumps were denim, if we could make denim pumps, they would match everything. Yeah. So I cut up a pair of jeans, got some leather. <clears throat> she made me a pair of shoes. I... I uh, was so excited. Everybody loved them in my little town of Jonesboro, Arkansas. I think it was 30,000 people back then in the rice fields. Uh, so it wasn't like a big fashion hub. Right. And I called guests in New York. I found their number at the library, called them, and I said, oh, my God, I made this pair of shoes. you got to see it. Yeah. And what's funny is I didn't think, like, oh, I'm going to sell them. I'm going to make them. I was just so excited. I wanted to tell them about it. Yeah. So they go, well, come see us because we're starting a shoe line. And I'd go to my mom, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, you know, made this pair of shoes. I guess wants to see me. I called them. and That's incredible. I know. At 17. Yeah. And she goes, um, you can't go to New York. Mm. And I said, why? And she said, you're just that girl from Arkansas. They're going to chew you up and spit you out. Mm. So I never went. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was moments like that that really I took a painting class in college, and I wanted to learn to paint, like, little flowers, like, just flowers. So I brought, of course, I grew up poor in Arkansas. I brought a piece of wallpaper. So we're in this big coliseum type, because I, I went to college in our town. It's a Arkansas State University. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty decent-sized uh, university. And I go up to ask the professor a question, and he goes, is that wallpaper? <laughs> and he screams it from everyone, and I'm like, yes. And he goes, why do you have wallpaper? Wow. And I said, I wanted to draw flowers. And he's like, you've got the Ming Dynasty, and you have all this stuff, and you bring in wallpaper. Wow. And I never went back to that class. No. And he gave me a B anyway. <laughs> Fucker. Fucker. I mean, who cares? But you know what I'm saying? I mean, what, but, he, what he did there, like. Who cares about the bee? Exactly. Yeah. So what I'm telling you, there's a lot of those stories. So even though I would try to be creative, I was always had these outside forces, and I didn't have enough internal strength to follow through with those creative ideas that were naturally coming out of me. Mm-hmm. So um, after my bankruptcy, I sort of started healing. So, you know, like five years later, I wanted to do nothing with business. That's when the idea for Poopery came. But And nobody thought it was a great idea. Nobody at all. Really? Not one person. (laughs) Not one person. They would look at me with four heads. I was like, I'm making a bathroom product. And they would just kind of like to get rid of bathroom odor. And everybody would back up. That's why I named it something funny and to try to get a humor. But by then, I had built up my I don't give a fucks. Mm -hmm. Because I've already lost everything. Right. Right? Like, I don't care anymore. Right. Like, I'd lost everything, been down to the bottom. And and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So I did it. So that's the thing. What I find is in 
I think creativity emerges naturally. I think we're all creative individuals. Mm -hmm. So we are creativity. Life is creative. Life keeps going and it keeps flowing and it keeps evolving. And that's what life is, mm -hmm. right? It is, we always evolve. If you're not evolving, you are dying, <laughs> right? And you feel bad. You feel depressed. You feel anxious. You know? Everything, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not the natural process. That's mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. So, um, but because of my past, you know, I didn't have that strength to follow through with those creations. Um, I would always, every time somebody would say something negative, I would just run away. Mm. Um, so that's a long way of answering. So I think that creativity is inside all of us. It's always been inside of me, and it still is. It's just now I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, I have lots of projects that make it, lots of projects that fail, and it's really pretty neutral to me anymore. Yeah. Is that the way you feel with a piece of art? Uh Yes, you know, um, painting is, is such a part of my constitution, and I um, had a natural ability for it, so it was not a huge struggle for me. I've always been really lucky. My family was very supportive. You know, they would say, try anything, do anything, everything you do is great, and, and, um, and so I had a little bit of the opposite from you. People were always maybe too accepting, but... Um, Definitely the perfectionism and just my own my internal thermometer of you're not worthy, you're not good enough. It's it's all still never really good enough. You know, I'll paint and and I'll, I'll compare myself to other people sometimes, and there's always this hierarchy, and I'm I'm not here yet, I'm not there yet. So, um, but isn't that okay? See, here's yeah. another thing. Yeah, like I I suffered <laughs> these words have been cracking me up right. I suffered from this thought that I was a perfectionist for so many years and then I did the gene keys have you done that no okay so do that test okay. or whatever you put your birthday in somehow whatever yeah. my purpose is impeccable oh, impeccability okay how's that your purpose yeah so what's the difference between a perfectionist and someone that wants things impeccable yeah right yeah. and I, I think the difference is is just like are you coming from a low self-worth or a high self-worth frame of reference from it. Yeah. Right? Right? And for me, the perfectionism was, I'm, I'm not really that good. I'm not really good enough. You know, and that will that will creep up. But impeccable, I love that word. I'm going to adopt it. It's it's amazing because I used to, I used to make excuses for myself, even within myself. Right? Oh, my God, you're such a perfectionist. You're so hard. You drive everyone. You, you know, you're never satisfied. You, I had all of that talk. Yeah. Until I started realizing that it is, I love impeccability mm -hmm. with a conversation, mm -hmm. with a project, with a dinner last night. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's not perfectionist. I love impeccable. Mm -hmm. You know, I love conversation, connection. I love the table looking nice. Mm -hmm. And it's not so that they think I'm wonderful. It's because that's the way I enjoy the environment and I want everyone to enjoy it as well mm -hmm. and everyone's always like oh my god the table's so beautiful and you know we just sit for hours and talk and laugh and that's what I want that's the level of impeccability I'm talking mm -hmm. about which I've had people that work for me that said you know oh you're such a you're too much of a perfectionist mm -hmm. so now I lead with my purpose in life is impeccability mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it's that's what I am focused on and interested in it's like you're core value the core value oh, I love impeccable that. aesthetics impeccable impeccable sound impeccable 
um, I told you I'm really sensitive. So it's like impeccable environments, Mm -hmm. right? Nothing Mm -hmm. that's too loud, too alarming. Everything in my house is super soft. And usually the lighting is really dim. I do all of that on purpose just to have that impeccable environment. Um, But that's my purpose. And I've adopted it. So yeah. whenever some people talk about perfection, it's like, I'm not even going to listen to you because yeah. this is what I do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like telling, it's like who you it's like are. telling it's like Cher who you back are. in the day, you're too sexy. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, she just is. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, try to not be sexy, dude. Completely unapologetic. Yeah. It's like, this is who I am. This is how I operate. This is how I breathe from every part of my being. And I grew up with, who do you think you are, fancy pants? Mm -hmm. You know, you're never satisfied. You're never going to get anywhere because you want too much. You know, all those talks about trying to talk me out of being who I naturally am. Your self-acceptance is inspiring. Well, thank you for you know that. that. You're welcome. But you know, you know how much work that takes. <laughs> you, know, right? you know, I mean, but you're going to be working at something. You're That's really going to be working at, it. at your suffering or whatever. But yeah, no, I'm working it. You know what, sister? You're okay. Yeah. 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 Well, creativity-wise, what is the thing that you're most proud of? Probably my own inner transformational process. Mm-hmm. Because that takes a level of creativity, too, you know, and I'm really seeking out different modalities. And, um, you know, I tell people at work all the time, you know, the the business process, even operations person, they'll say, I'm not creative. I'm like, yes, you are. You're problem solving. You know, you are looking for solutions. You're finding new ways. You're innovating, right, Mm -hmm. within this particular area. So what am I most proud of? I'm most proud of just the fact I'm a creative in all aspects of my life. always reinventing always there's not one thing they're kind of all equal you know I could say business but that's not true because it's also my personal life yeah um yeah I just I'm just a creative and I love that I own that you know yes I always (laughs) tell people like people know me as a business person I'm like I am not a business person I am a creative Mm -hmm. the only reason I've been good in business is because I am a creative Mm -hmm. because I can creatively find a solution to a problem Mm -hmm. that's creativity yeah and I I love that you don't attach some kind of negative connotation with money and success and not being a true creative because I think a lot of artists feel like a sellout or they're being not pure to their art form whenever they're actually successful at it and so you're such an expander to say yes I am successful and I'm a creative that's it yeah both you know and all can exist Mm -hmm. you don't have to I remember my daughter she went to school at RISD and uh, she was saying something about the you know, the starving artist and that's the way it is and they said you do not have to be limited by those old beliefs yeah you know, you can be an artist in any form of your life, and you do not have to ever be starving. Starving, a poverty mindset is a mindset, mm-hmm. okay? It is literally, if you look out at the plants and the trees in the world, you can look at a tree, sit and look at it, do slow-mo, and do it season after season after season. It grows leaves, it sheds leaves, it grows leaves, it sheds leaves, it grows leaves, it sheds leaves, it goes out, it finds the water it needs, it gets what it needs from the sun, it absorbs. It's just the way life works. Mm-hmm. So we are meant to be abundant, and this isn't massive amounts of cash, and it could be, okay? I do believe that your external abundance is an internal reflection um, based on the more I've expanded, mm-hmm. the more my abundance has um, grown. And actually, the more you contract, the abundance is a natural reflection. It is the contraction and expansion of the universe. It's the same contraction and expansion inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a 
uh, more difficult. Well, uh, yeah, I haven't had any financial challenges. Um, instead of the, in the pandemic, I did. I went through heartbreak, mm-hmm. and I oh, was a breakup. <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, brutal. You yeah. know, inside my being. Yeah. And um, it was really good. I got to do a lot of work on daddy stuff and yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. It's golden opportunity. Golden opportunity. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is some really deep shit. So this has got to be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doorbell. <laughs> um, but I uh, went through in my contracted state. My financial situation also got contracted. It was mm. really so fascinating. Interesting. I've often said I've used myself as a petri dish, right, to mm. kind of test um, and see like what is my internal state and what's my external state look like, and it's pretty wild when you can see it. And um, I'm just now coming out of that contracted state. I think I told you, literally a couple months ago, into now what I feel like I'm starting to. I feel like I've been. I'm starting to go through the birth canal right now. I've been kind of in a womb, and now I'm starting to come back out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that pretty neutral because most people, in, in, and in the, this process the past two years, I went through lots of fears. Like, oh, my God, what if I lose? You know, this wasn't going to happen, but in my mind, what if I lose everything, and what am I going to look like? And blah, blah, blah. I went through all my deepest fears mm-hmm. about money and what I came up with after that is that life, we live in duality. There's so much talk of non-duality. And I, I agree. It. I, I love Taoism. I'm a, probably a non-dualist by nature. But within the word non-duality is duality, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. word is in there. Mm-hmm. So duality makes non-duality, and non-duality makes duality. They, yes. they, they're together. Right. But in duality is the yin and yang, mm-hmm. is the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. My, my, my bipolar father used to set me down and tell me these things. Mm-hmm. And he would say, you know, honey, you can't believe in angels unless you believe in devils. Yeah. You can't believe in good if you also don't believe in bad. This is the way the universe works. So he taught me this at a very young age. And what I realize now is, so what I was able to do during this two-year contraction was have a non-dual approach, even though I'm down here screaming and facing my deepest, darkest fears, I was like, this is a part of life. Like, I am literally in some sort of constricted birth canal, Mm -hmm. and I know the pendulum's going to swing. Again, not Pollyanna, but just experience. Yeah. Going, this is how birthing happens. it's faith, right? It's faith. It's faith. It's faith, yes. Yeah. This is how birthing happens. Here's what's happening here. Even though it's painful, and I know that, I know there has to be some outcome, Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to sit with myself and possibly, and I was fighting the whole time, too. I noticed the more I was resisting, the more longer it took, which was also a good experiment. But then the other side of that is that pendulum swing that will come out. Mm -hmm. But I think in life, on Instagram, Everybody just thinks you've got to be good all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's there, there's no duality. Mm-hmm. It's my life has to be perfect. My life has to be good. My life has to be, you know, uh, it has to look rosy and shiny and wonderful. And I've told people in my company, because my company uh, suffered, you know, a little bit because of um, I had to take back over. I'd left. I'd retired a little bit, and I came back. And... Um, I've told people in my company, I said, you know, we are having what is considered challenging times, and this is building your resilience because you will have challenges in life. Mm -hmm. I tell all my young employees, like, Mm -hmm. name, somebody tell me 
if you know any one person that's never faced a challenge. Mm-hmm. I said, by the time you think everything's great, oh, my God, my grandmother got cancer and she's dying. You know what I'm saying? Or my husband's cheating on me. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, we all have challenges, but we think they're wrong. Mm. But when you look at it, the non-dual approach is to go, I am going to have both good and bad in my life. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, guaranteed. 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 That's a 100% thing you can guarantee for. Then that helps you accept more when you're going through it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is that part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and really, the, the judgment of good or bad is so interesting to look at, too, because, you know, somebody would say, you know, I'm going through a divorce, and it's completely on your frame of rest, reference to your perspective. Well, you know, one person, like, is great. That's amazing. I'm so glad. And the way they see it is 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 rosy and the other person it's catastrophic right yeah and it's we we can just if we can look at things from a bird bird's eye view sometimes especially looking back from the past you can say oh that was the best thing that ever happened to me oh it 100 percent usually yeah. is yeah right yeah. so what i was able to do this time which i think is evolution is going through this really intense process mm-hmm. and then also still being able to have faith that number one, I will get through it. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's going to be really juicy mm-hmm. because in my head, I was like, oh my God, what if I lose everything and the richest woman <laughs> is now broke, right? All these headlines yeah, were in. For, for, for people for people who, <clears throat> and I have not experienced it to your level, but when you have money, no matter how much you have, you're always afraid that like something could happen and you could just be poor. And it's almost scarier because you know, because oh. you, you, oh, yeah. you, you had it and then maybe it slipped through your fingers. Uh, completely. Yeah. And then what I got to in some of these exercises with myself is I would take myself, let myself go all the way down to losing everything in my mind. And then I was like, damn, that'd be a great story. (laughs) So then, you know what I'm saying? It's like that was the natural point. Yeah. And I've told my daughter, anytime she gets fear, I go, the only, Byron Katie taught me this. If you take a fear all the way, it's like, okay, and then what happens? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Then what happens? You take it all the way down to two things. Mm-hmm. I'm alone and I die. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Every single fear goes down to I'm alone and I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar <laughs> with that. <laughs> so it's like, let's just get there. Okay. I'm then, alone and I'm going to die. And then you're like, what happens? Okay. So what? Exactly. So we're all going to die sometime anyway. <clears throat> yeah. and, and we're probably going to be alone. Probably you know? so. Yeah. Probably you know? so. Because no matter if people are around, you're still with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I know it's, I know it's scary, but I kind of feel like death is going to be super blissful. What is? Well, you know anybody I mean? that's done a hallucinogen kind of okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, you kind of been to, I've been to those states like with 5-MeO uh, with, yeah. you know, the toad and yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is what death is like. like yes. I'm so okay with this. Yeah. I just feel like everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing it. All the cool people are doing it. Um, but I just feel like it's probably going to be one bl- most blissful thing that we've done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I'm so okay with that. And I think that's the thing I, I was able to see, I don't know if it's able, uh, is the right word, but I witnessed my mother dying terrified. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly terrified. Yeah. You know, she grew up in really conservative Christianity, Church of Christ. Yeah. She, um, was terrified she was going to hell mm-hmm. only because she hadn't, worked on any of her unhealed, you know, things in her life. Um, That's the oppressor. Mm -hmm. That's the devil, Mm -hmm. right? Or those unloved parts of ourselves. That's it. You know, I won't get super into it now because people will be burning crosses in my front yard. But but that is hell in my experience. You know, I have lived hell on earth. I've lived it. Um, And I do believe it's an internal state of being. 
-hmm. you know, but it's also we have to face the hell and face the demons in order for us to live in light. Yeah, and, you know, Christ's teachings and Christ's consciousness, I mean, it's all about just trusting in God and trusting in love and loving other people. And I think that really gets missed a lot in just contemporary religion, you know. And if we wouldn't be afraid all the time, you know, God or the universe Mm. wants us to trust the process and have faith. And you're not terrified when you're in that space. You just know that when you're trusting that your highest good is being served, you know. Yeah, and I remember I did work on religion probably four years ago, and it was the most intense work that I've done to date. Mm -hmm. I'm talking sexual abuse. I'm talking some pretty gnarly stuff I've done a lot of work around. This was the most uh, completely dissociating. The deprogramming. Yeah, and I remember calling my mentor, and I'm like, I understand salvation. He's like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, these people in church on, I said, it's on Sunday mornings, they would all of a sudden, you know, figure out, oh, shit, I've been having an affair. They would run to the front of the church. They'd get on their knees. They would pray. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jesus is coming in and saving them, and, you know, they've repented and whatever. And what I told my mentor, I said, this is actually someone just facing oneself. Mm -hmm. It's taking full responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's saying, holy shit, look what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in. I'm going to make amends, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you've actually the one that's done it. Okay, mm-hmm. that is what repentance is. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, my, my issue, I'm very much um, a probably metaphysical Christian is probably the best way to say it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I totally believe in Jesus. and But I believe that his teachings were taking so literal yeah. versus the metaphor, yeah. right? Like, um, like, let's just even think about Easter. Let's think about, you know, Christ dying. What he was showing is you have to die mm-hmm. that part of yourself to be reborn, mm-hmm. right? So each time you do a healing work, you're going in, you're, 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 that part of yourself is dying, right? right? It is getting smaller, right. and then a new part of yourself emerges. Right. That's it, right? right? It's right. This, it's, and that's what Jesus was saying yeah. this yeah. whole time, you know? And it's like, oh, my yeah, God, I, mean, I can look at it from a completely different perspective. I mean, Jesus is great. Yeah, Jesus is great. What what humans have done to distort his message is, it's pretty it's pretty harsh and abusive at times, as you very well know. Yeah. But, but if you can really, you know, just connect with that embodiment of that yeah. teaching, it's uh, it's good. And bringing that back to creativity, people forget that the death process is a part of creativity. Mm-hmm. Something has to die in order for something new to emerge. Mm-hmm. That is the cycle of life, right? Mm-hmm. It's the way it works. It's mm-hmm. there is a death process. When you think about a chicken, a little chick breaking through an egg, it's in this inner womb. It has to crack that and come out. So it is that old life of being inside that egg has died, mm-hmm. and now he's going to emerge new out into a new space. Yeah. Right? It's that same same thing Jesus did. Right? Yeah. Jesus yeah. was saying, "Here's how it works." Yeah, people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like I'm just going to tell you as many in many ways, as many parables and as many stories like yeah. that. I hope you get it. It's like this is the yeah. way it is, and that's what I find with the creative process. Is in my own 
I don't know if you do this. Sometimes I hold on to creative projects too long mm. because I don't want them to die, ah. right? Instead of letting them wither so that something new can actually emerge. Yeah. Because if we hold on to it all mm -hmm. and don't let it all die, that suppresses the creativity within oh. for something new to emerge. Interesting. I've got, I've got something right now I've got to let go of. Yeah. And it's been brutal for me to think of that. My uh -huh. ego, my lots of lots of stuff. Yeah. But I know that for something new creatively to emerge that needs that old needs to move away. Yeah. And to be able to listen to yourself and and um, have the intuition and to follow that and to trust yourself is is also something really key in the creative process too. Yes. And so I think that you are just doing I mean you're just like really good at that. Obviously. Aww, thank you. Obviously. Well. Obviously. Well, so if you had to give my audience one resource or one healing modality that they could just kind of walk away from, what do you like? Is there a book? Is there a song? Is there a movie? Is there? Hmm. I think probably the easiest thing to do and probably the most effective and the lightest weight would be hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people are really terrified of hypnosis. You're actually conscious the whole time, so no one's going to yeah. make you walk around look like a duck like they do on stage, you know, these magic shows. But um, probably hypnosis because, I mean, there's a million things I could tell you to do, but I really believe that um, hypnosis can change uh, the subconscious mind very easily, mm -hmm. and it, you can be very benign about it. You don't have to be in total pain or total suffering, and that can start shift you enough to start opening into another modality. Interesting. Do you think that someone, because <coughs> you can find hypnosis, YouTube videos and stuff like that, do you mm -hmm. think that that would be helpful, or do you think it's absolutely necessary to work with a practitioner? I think both. Okay. I think you could start off with that, but the reason I like to work with practitioners or therapist is because it's almost like I wouldn't white water raft with me being the guide. Mm -hmm. I would take a guide so that I'm safe mm -hmm. and I'm okay. Um, it's still dangerous and it's still rocky and, you know, bumpy, but someone's there kind of holding space, mm -hmm. you know, we say in the woo-woo world. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the reason I like someone doing that. It's like I can let go mm -hmm. and they're making sure everything's okay. I think it's a little difficult when you're trying to control and you're also the patient. So for me, I, I would prefer, there's a great guy locally, his name's Dave Mullins. Mm -hmm. And then Sarah Griffith, do you know her? Uh, that sounds a little familiar. Yeah, but she I've does a lot of transformational um, hypnosis. Okay. So she's amazing. So I can actually, I think there's some resources on my website um, that you can look at. But okay. just start moving okay. because that is going to open also up your creative flow. Yes. People go, I'm stuck. I'm not creative. Well, honey, that's just because of all the shit you've got packed down. Uh, it's like you're constipated. Okay. You just yeah. need a good flushing. <laughs> Once you flush, everything starts flowing. And then you're going to be going, and those ideas are going to be coming, and yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. That's yeah. the way it happens. Yes. Just like I, a good poop. <laughs> I, I, I love your product and how open you are about shitting. Exactly. I mean, like, you well, know. It's a part of life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you don't, there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I created poop so that you can poop. My daughter told me, my daughter goes, you know, Mom, I think poopery's training wheels. And I said, why? And she said, for all the women that are afraid to poop, now they can. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. She goes, then you don't need it anymore. I'm like, well, okay. It's weird as humans how ashamed we are of our bodily functions. I know. It's pretty bizarre. Well, that's actually physiological. Oh, is it? Yeah. And we're repelled by it because mm -hmm. so we don't eat it. Because it's toxic, you know. Well, this is good. Yeah, this is good. it's actually good. Okay. Our, our repulsion to it is 
is okay. 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 It's great. We we shouldn't like other people's poop. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you do, you're on some weird website, and yeah. I don't even know about all that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> but it's it's not your natural uh, biological um, way of being. Okay. Uh, but it is for us to repulse it, to not want to be near it, to separate from it because it's the old, right? It is. It is the. It's the release that's gone. And now new, and it's what's really fun. I bring everything back to you know personal development. Every time you, you know, take a good poop, you can just say, "Gosh, let that go." Yeah. Right. Yeah. It can be this really amazing sense of relief, yeah. and that's what I really want with poopery. I talk to people a lot in the world about that. It's like I want you to poop, and I want <laughs> you to just let it all go. <laughs> I guess do not hold that stuff inside. It's toxic and bad for you. Uh, when you were, you know, living in Arkansas <clears throat> with your parents and all that, did you? ever have like any idea that this might be your current situation of course no <laughs> i was thinking about it. i always <laughs> wanted to be the poo queen are you kidding me i thought man if i could be anything in the world it would be the woman that talks about poop on a wonderful podcast <laughs> no of course not but that's also the thing of not being attached to what we dream you know i'm just now starting clothing that was my dream was to be a fashion designer mm. you know the the guest shoes when yeah. i was 17 yeah. so i'm just just now starting. I don't know if I'll have a line, so people don't <laughs> talk to me about it. I'm giving myself again patience. I'm making clothes for myself mm-hmm. and playing, mm-hmm. and then we'll see what happens. But that's probably like what I dreamt of doing, yeah. other than working at the post office because you could make a lot of money oh, or a government office. job or a government job. That's what that was. Those were my dreams. Right. If you got a job at the post office or a government job, man, you got that good paycheck oh. and you have the benefits. Oh my gosh! You believe that was my dream, so so don't let your your dreams. Don't worry about those dreams, baby. They'll get bigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and like <clears throat> after you have some destruction and some disappointment, and then you actually follow something and let go of the outcome, it's incredible where you can take yourself. Oh. And, and it's and I I would have never predicted my path. Never. Never. Mm-hmm. But um, I was always just open to experience. Yeah. You know? So why would you want to? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I. I could have sat in a cubicle and I could have made, you know, like paid my monthly bills and, you know, out of fear. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, with that, the interesting thing is, so if you're going to be afraid, so that's out of fear too, you're still living in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter is in, uh, getting her master's in film and she was asking me like every time you start a project, am I afraid? And I said, yes, any, anybody that's evolving is afraid. Mm-hmm. That chick and that little egg mm-hmm. cracking through, it has mm-hmm. no idea what's on the other side Mm. so if you're interested in growing and expanding you're gonna be afraid yeah fear's just a part of it it's again it's not negative it's just is anytime you move from one state to another or one place to another even moving across you know another uh, another state anytime you make any sort of change there's natural fear responses are going to come up it doesn't mean not to do it it just means this is what it is. Speaking, I'm afraid. Speaking of that, you're going to be spending some time living in Ojai. I, I am. Yes. Oh, how dreamy is that? I'm really excited. I've been going there for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends is there. My mentor's there. Um, I have several friends there. And Byron Katie, I started going there with her years ago and then I drank ayahuasca with a crazy lady in the mountains mm-hmm. and then uh, Gay Hendricks my mentor was there that I started working with him nine years ago so I'm excited to finally be spending more time there yeah well California is going to be lucky to have you oh thank you <laughs> I feel lucky to be there I'll tell you yeah. and again what I realize is this constricted state I've been in for a year and a half 
I realize I need to break that shell, right? So mm-hmm. I need to create something kind of drastic, mm-hmm. and that making this part-time move mm-hmm. was that. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do this. It helps shake up the energy a little bit mm-hmm. so that the rest of it can kind of land out because it's really what I've realized <laughs> going at this for a year and a half although I did a lot of really deep work it's really hard to change something when everything else is the same Mm -hmm. right when you're in the same place same situation Mm -hmm. same day to day it's really hard I'm not saying it's impossible because I'm sure some people probably have the ability to do that I with all my training all my work I I wasn't able Mm -hmm. but the minute I decided to relocate part-time everything lightened up it's like my whole it's almost like i saw the you know everything kind of open up mm-hmm. so it, again it'll be interesting we yeah can check like, back in a year and see what it, what it's like but well you know what it won't be it won't be the same it, <coughs> it will not be, be it will it not be, be the, the same. same it won't be the same. that's what i can guarantee yeah yeah very aligned action yes that is powerful and inspirational yeah yeah well susie thank you so much for coming on the show this was i just love talking to you i feel like we could do this all day and yeah all night. me too <laughs> and i absolutely hope that you come back and on the show again i'd love so, to okay. check back in and see how this experiment's working yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay well thank you so Good. much oh uh, thank you and thank you for coming here yeah. i'm so excited oh you guys i'm in her podcast room she has a podcast room i'm having like some podcast room envy right now it's amazing <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. a big closet i converted <laughs> Yeah, <gasps> we can do that. You can do that. It's a dream. Um, I'll have you over for dinner one night with David. We'll have oh, fun. Oh, oh my gosh, does that sound good? Hey, David Sunshine, give hey, a David. shout out to you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you soon. Okay, bye, bye. As always, thank you for listening all the way through to the end of the Art of Podcast. I really appreciate it. If you are enjoying the show, please leave me a five star review and a written review. It helps the show get listened to and distributed and it's just really good. And I want to thank you in advance for that. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, it's Leah Fisher art and also visit my website because I have a great section that highlights a lot of the resources that I talk about on the show. And then it also has some of my art too, if you want to scroll around and look at that. And If you guys have any resources that you are really enjoying that are helping your healing or just making life a little bit better, share those with me because I would love to share them with my audience. And in the meantime, I hope everyone's doing great and I will talk with you soon.